Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good morning and welcome. My name is Denise Michaels, and I am here with Dr. Kelly Ward, author of Inspired by What's Right. And um, today is Tuesday, June 27th, 2017. Hello, Dr. Kelly. Hello, hello. How are you? Well, I'm waking up here with my caffeine, you know. <laughs> Very early there, yes, yes. Yeah, but, you know, I'm an early riser. I've been up for an hour now, so anyway. Yes. Um, I was thinking, since you happen to be in Washington, D.C., as we're speaking right now, it would be a great time to talk about D.C. happenings. And tell me why you want to include a chapter on D.C. happenings. Well, I think that most people don't know why people even come to Washington, D.C. if they aren't in office, if they're seeking office, or if, um, you know, I think maybe they expect them to come, but they don't know what they do. When, when they come, because not as though I'm I'm going to Capitol Hill and lobbying or making making policy myself. I'm here to um, to to meet with different groups who have influence over the election process, who have contacts within the state of Arizona and all over the country, who might help you know that share common ideologies that might help to get me to Washington so that I can become the person that is making policy. Up on Capitol Hill. Yep. Right. Because, I mean, you've been to D.C. since we've known each other maybe three or four times. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you went went through the inauguration and I can't remember what they were, but, I mean, it's been at least three or four times, so you probably know the city fairly well, you know. I, um, right, I, yes. You start to feel pretty comfortable. Oh, I know that's over there. Or that you know, you, you know where different things are. You you get a, a little bit of uh, comfort level with with navigating the city. Some familiarity. So anyway, yes. huh, I haven't been there for a while. I should go back. So anyway, yeah. So making making the rounds with Fred. Fred's your driver. We talked about no, no. Today. Fred Fred is actually my fundraiser. Oh, okay. he he lives right. in Washington D.C. and okay. um and he yeah 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 so Michael Logan was the driver but Fred is is the fundraiser and oh. um be- before the first time I ever came to D.C. I had never met him I had only talked to him on the phone and so um he's when I met him I was surprised because he's very mature on the phone he's he's uh, very uh easy to work with and so I was surprised how young he was whenever I met him in person. Okay. And so Fred was your fundraiser during the 2016 race against John McCain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he still is fundraiser. Now. And he still yeah. is now. Okay. And and this is what he does professionally is he raises money for politicians. He works for a company, yes, that that raises money for politicians and conservative conservative politicians. His his particular group only works with conservatives. Oh, okay, all right, good. 
And so these are some of the um, the groups or organizations that you have. <laughs> yes. Freedom Works, SBF, you know, of course I hear them all on the news all the time. Um, yes. And what relationships do you have with them or were you trying to have relationships with them or right well at fr- the first time I came out you know basically I didn't know what I was in for uh, because as a state senator I had come to Washington DC I had met you know uh, we, we generally would send a delegation of people um, both you know for different meetings that were in Washington DC and when we were here we would meet with our uh, our congressmen Never did meet with our senators um, on any of those trips during the time that I was in the legislature, but we met with our congressmen many times. And so this trip was different because it I, I was going out and I was going to have to basically um, tell these groups who I was, what I was all about, and try to convince them to get involved in in an election against John McCain. And so I, I uh, it was really nerve-wracking because, Number one, you don't know what to expect. You don't know these people. They are from inside the beltway. You're from outside the beltway. And uh, you don't want to say the wrong thing that's going to set them up against you. And um, mm-hmm. so meeting with all of these groups, Club for Growth, you know, they're, they're known for their economic policies. They had supported John McCain, or they had supported Jeff Flake, but they really were not fans. None of the people that I met with were fans of John McCain. There wasn't anybody that I met with that was uh, not looking to replace John McCain, but most, uh, well, none of, none of the ones that are really listed here were, um, were willing to really get into the fray, unfortunately. Um, Heritage Foundation is a little, is a little different because they're not a, they're, they're a group that does policy. So when I met with them, it was more on an educational level to talk, um, to talk policy, to talk about immigration, to talk about healthcare, to talk about education, to talk about energy policy, to talk about foreign relations, uh, and and really get a, a good foundation about where they were coming from as an entity. They're a think tank to um, to sh- you know and see where the things that I believe sh- you know fit in with where where they were. And and I do see eye to eye with many of the things the Heritage Fam- the Heritage Foundation um, is trying to do and and support. And so it was it was great. That was a great education mm, session that I got to have, and I've I've done several with them, just policy sessions over over the last few years. Uh, always kind of expanding, rotating, you know, um, seeing new things that are on the horizon. So they're they're a great resource. So I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is you made the rounds with these groups. Is that some of them said? We like your ideology better than John McCain, but we're still going with John McCain. No, they didn't go with John McCain, but they didn't go with me either. So they they ah, they never would okay. come out and support John McCain. Well, uh, some did, you know, none, none of these groups that I mentioned. But um, there okay. were groups that came out and endorsed John McCain that were surprising, like the Border Patrol Union uh, came out and endorsed John McCain after he promised to give the Border Patrol Union more money. (laughs) Sure, sure. Funny how that works. Uh, And so, um, but but none of the groups that were conservative groups came out for John McCain. Uh, Even the NRA didn't come out in our race, though I wish they had because I have an an A A plus rating when I was in the the, um, Arizona Senate and John McCain has a dismal score. 
but they didn't come out and support me, though their bylaws say that if there's a race where there are candidates that have differing scores, they will, uh, but they did stay quiet. They didn't endorse John McCain either. Um, but if you looked at their website during the election, um, it was very difficult to find John, John McCain's score oh, <laughs> and okay. to find a, a comparison between us. You had to dig. Yes. And we did have, we had a fundraiser with a bunch of conservative groups while I was in D.C. that first trip, which was, was amazing because I met people that are still supportive of me today who, um, who really, they, they have uh, values and principles and they, they have a heart and, and they, um, they have a heart for change and they're willing to work with insurgent candidates to try to change that status quo. So that was, that was really good. But, you know, it's, that also is nerve-wracking because, you number one, you're inviting people that you don't know, uh, you've never met, and you're just hoping they will show up and, sure. um, and, and, and like what you have to say and then get involved financially to help you. And so it's, uh, it, it was nerve-wracking, but it, it, was a, it was a really successful trip uh, because so, people found out, found out who I was. So who, what kind of fundraiser was it? Was it like a dinner or a breakfast? Or it, a, was a, it was a breakfast. Was? It was a breakfast at the Capitol Hill Club that uh, that Fred set up, and you know we had about probably twenty people from twenty twenty different entities, and uh, it was it was a great introduction into the the conservative political arena that that I had not ever been a part of before. Is that the Wednesday breakfast you have here on the outline? No, no, no. <laughs> there's okay. actually right. a breakfast. We'll, we'll, come to yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that. And then you had a meeting with Grover Norquist. And I remember Grover Norquist was the guy who had some kind of agreement he wanted everyone in Congress to say to sign that, was, that said something like they will never raise taxes. Yes, it's the, the Americans for Tax Reform. And yeah. so every okay. week... Every week he has a meeting uh, on Wednesday, and it's at 10 a.m., I believe, here D.C. time. And so um, I was scheduled to speak at that meeting, which is also, I mean, very intimidating because it's, it's uh, I mean, it's a packed full room of, of all of these Capitol Hill staffers for the most part. Um, people from all of the offices, all of the groups go, and they kind of um, discuss Topics of the day, policy that's up in front of the the uh, Congress. Uh, if somebody has a, an important bill, then then the congressman or senator will come themselves and kind of present it before that group. And so I was scheduled to go in and and, and do a presentation. You get like five minutes, you know, <laughs> to to, mm-hmm. to say who you are. And the the funny part is that uh, the night before. I was supposed to go to this meeting. I get a call from the scheduling people from from Grover's that said, "Oh, we need you to come later." And I was like, "Well, okay, what's going on?" And they said, "Well, John McCain, who hasn't been who hadn't been to Grover's meeting since he ran for president, John McCain wanted to come and speak to the group because he found out that I was coming." Oh my and, God. and so. Yes. So they postponed. They they wouldn't. Well, well, they wouldn't let us overlap. They didn't want us in the room at the same time. I don't know what they expected would happen. Um, If if, (laughs) I mean, 
you know, would, would John McCain, you know, would his head explode? I don't know. If he had to actually see me in the room with him, I don't know. And um, so they, yes, I think he wanted to continue to pretend I didn't exist. However, that really was a signal um, to many of the people that were in the room because John McCain came, he spoke, and, you know, someone told me he looked like he had just crawled out of a crypt. Um, now that was you know, somebody that I didn't know because I said, how, you know, how did I do? How did I compare? And basically they, that, that was their assessment. He didn't bring a bill that he, you know, usually the only time members come is when they have something big coming up that they want to discuss. And he just right. got up kind of, you know, pontificated for a long time, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then left. And I think it kind of left people wondering why, why did he come? And then about an hour later, I came, and I did my presentation. And they were like, oh, now we know yeah, why he's yeah. here. Um, he, he's worried. And so, um, you know, I knew that that was a, a great sign. Um, that group doesn't endorse or support, but it did give me, I think, some political um, clout because sure. I was able to force him to come to the meeting uh, after he hadn't been there since, since he ran for president in 2008. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it looked like he crawled out of the crypt. <laughs> well, and and I'm sure he heard that feedback from people after that meeting, which could have influenced his um, decision to never, ever, ever appear on the debate stage with me. Right. He's a very <laughs> pale guy, you know. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Yes. All right. And then, I mean, and Grover did. Grover did come out and endorse John McCain later in in the 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 cycle, which you know, it is what it is. Um, right. You know, Grover. I, I, you know, people have their own opinions of Grover Norquist, so, so I'll just leave it at that. Well, it's like they all want to follow the one with the fame. It seems like you know. So, yes. Anyway, yes. Rather than the one with you know ideas and energy and. The things they That's say right. that they want, right? Okay. Yes. So tell me about this Wednesday breakfast. Who was it with? Where, what, so, what was your role? Well, so every every week there is also there, – there are a couple things that happen. There's a Tuesday lunch called the Wyrick Lunch where um, conservatives gather and people from Capitol Hill come and speak with them. And, and so I got to attend that lunch and speak a couple of times as well over the, the course of the campaign. And then the Wednesday breakfast – is another gathering of of conservatives, uh, you know, people like Jenny Tom, Thomas, um, you know, uh, she's she's uh, instrumental in putting that thing together, and it's just conservatives getting together, talking about what's happening in Washington, and so it, it's you know just basically an opportunity to get introduced to, to people who are here, who are part of the swamp, but are staying non-swampy or trying to stay non-swampy you know so um so those are both both good opportunities that i don't think the general public know happen you know that that they don't they don't realize that people are trying to get together are try, are well are getting together and trying to uh push things a little more to the you know conservative smaller government and lower taxes and I mean, there's a lot of social conservatives in those groups as well who are looking out for, uh, you know, uh, pro-life, they're pro-life and they're pro-family, they're pro-marriage, you know, pro-traditional marriage. And, 
And so that you know the, those group people get to know each other in Washington, so that they have a support system. Um, as there is so much other swampy <laughs> activity going on around them. Swampy activity. So anyway, and who puts on this Wednesday breakfast? Uh, you know, I don't know. There, there's not really an, an entity. Like the Wyrick Lunch um, is put together by um, uh, the Leadership Institute. Uh, Morton Blackwell is uh, is really the um, the guy who pushes pushes to to get that organized. I'm uh, I'm not sure about the funding because there's a cost to attend, you, you know, so it's not a free lunch that people go to. People people pay for the lunch to be able to come. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure. That, that's still part of the mystery to me, uh, being, you know, just a person who's invited to, to come and see the, you know, participate, listen, and, and uh, find out more about what's going on. It, you, you still don't know who's who's running the show, I guess. Okay. All right. And, of course, we all know what CPAC is. That's the big yep. conference. Yep, conservative, yep. Conservative, yeah. conservative political, political action, action conference. Conference, yeah. And it happens every and year. You, you went to that this year, so that means you probably yeah. went to it last year as well. Yeah, we've gone uh, for the last few years. We've, we've gone, and uh, it, it was great. You know, so we, we came for CPAC. Uh, it it uh, was it's held out at National Harbor in in uh, Maryland, right outside D.C. at the um, Gaylord Hotel. It's beautiful, and it's a a collection of all of these um, conservative they're they're all you know conservative activists, conservative um, speakers. So there are lots of opportunities to network, lots of opportunities to. Um, to get the word out, and and when I went last year, it was it was really fun because a lot of people knew who I was, and you know want just were were so excited to be able to meet the person who wanted to slay the dragon of John McCain. I, I couldn't walk through that place without people saying, "Oh, you know Kelly Ward, take a picture, Kelly Ward, you, go go get him." You know we've got to get rid of McCain. So it was it was great. Um, but I was sick. You, you see, the next thing I was—I never get sick, really. I—I I very rarely. Yeah, I can, tell, I can tell that. So, did, were you sick while you were there, or you got sick the next day? No, I was because you're there for about a week, or well, four days, four days. Sure, sure. I was sick sure. al- almost the whole time. I had oh a, a terrible, terrible sore. It was a sore throat that would just um, <laughs> terrible exudate in the back, drainage. Um, uh, I could barely swallow. And oh I was God. basically existing on uh, rotating ibuprofen and Tylenol every every three hours, back and forth, back and forth, and drinking water because I had so many interviews um, during CPAC. I was um, I was there's there's Radio Row and it's basically an entire hallway of the the hotel. Um, set up in the convention center area that is all the radio it's, it's all the radio stations it's it's local talk radio it's national talk radio it uh Breitbart Sirius XM Andrew Wilkow uh you know there there's TV set up as well uh the Blaze was there going back was there 
and I, I did a TV interview with Glenn Beck while I was there. I, I was on just, it was just nonstop, just go, 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 go. And it almost seems like a blur to me because my throat was so sore and I was having to talk so much. But I don't think most people knew that I was sick other, other than my family and the staff that was with me who um, were helping to get those things set up um, because, you know, the show must go on. <laughs> and I, I was definitely not going to lie down and, and give up an opportunity to, yeah. to get the message out. So yeah, when the uh, media says they want an interview with you, you say yes, you know? Yes, exactly, so, yeah. exactly. So so I made it powered through, powered through, powered through, <laughs> and right. worried about recovering and feeling better, uh, you know, once, once I got home. Right, right. So it says on the outline, main stage with Forbes. So uh, yes. I read that and I go, did you share the stage with Steve Forbes? Yes, exactly I did. I... Uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to speak, okay, so so we had people who were pushing on the organizers of the conference to let me be on the main stage, to let me uh, be a part of what was happening, and they had an Obamacare panel that was coming up, and somebody wasn't able to, to participate, and so about an hour before the panel, they, they contacted me and said, do you want to, do you want to be a part of this this Obamacare panel, and of course I said yes, <laughs> and then I was like, so now what do I need? What do I need to do? Yes, what do I have to do? And um, they they arranged everything, so we, you know, got to I got to get a speaker badge, and I got to go back into the green room, and Dinesh D'Souza was back there, and you know all the people who were getting uh, Dr. Gina Loudon was back there, and it was uh, you know great to be able to interact with all of them in that, you know, really intimate setting before going on. And then they told me I was going to be on this economic, it was going to be the economic impact of Obamacare and that Steve Forbes was going to be the, on the panel with me. So there were three of us on the panel. Oh, and I feel bad because I don't know the other guy's name. He was, uh, he was a big wig in, um, in one of the regulatory bodies. And uh, I'll, I'll try to find that for you. But to be on the stage with Steve Forbes talking about the economic impact of Obamacare was just amazing. And even more amazing was to have Steve Forbes sitting beside you as you're telling your story, as I'm speaking, nodding his head, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my <laughs> what God. What she is saying is that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It really was. And uh, something I'll never forget. They, at CPAC, they also have, a poster that they sign every year. They have it backstage, and all the people who speak get to sign the poster. So people like, I mean, Ted Cruz was there, and Marco Rubio was there, and uh, uh, Ben Carson, you know, uh, uh, all of these, all the presidential candidates, though Trump did not show up, and that was kind of controversial too, because right. my, my whole family was there. My in-laws came just to see Trump because they were Trump people from the very beginning, and then he didn't show up, so they were, they were pretty disappointed. But I got to sign the poster right beside, you know, Ted Cruz and, and all of these power players, uh, and that's going to be in, in their offices for posterity, just like the other ones from years and, you know, before. Cool. So how was your family supportive of you during that week? Well, they they all came. That's you know. So my my mother and father in law came. My mom and my stepdad came, and 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 Katie and Cameron both both were there too. 
So we all went to Washington, D.C. to go to this CPAC, which was great. And then my brother and my sister-in-law and their two kids live in Martinsburg, West Virginia, which is about an hour and a half away. And so they came over, and they just came over to have lunch. And it happened to be the day where I got to speak on, on the main stage, so they got to be a part of that too, you know, be a part of that whole, um, you know, craziness of, of getting up and being on the stage and, and taking, taking pictures and just being there. And, and I, I know with feeling as sick as I did, I would not have been able to make it if it weren't for all of them, you know, just basically making sure I had water, making sure I had ibuprofen, um, you know, that, that I was getting to from place to place to place that I needed to be. Uh, definitely, I couldn't have had this successful CPAC experience that I did if they weren't there. So just off the record between you and me, were you a little nervous about going to CPAC? I I wasn't nervous about going um, because I had gone the year before also just for okay. a day. I think we came came in. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't feel uncomfortable because uh, I know there are protesters and and um, and last year there really there were like three protesters <laughs> that that I saw you know, for the whole event. You, know, you had a bigger role in 2016. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. And no, yeah. I mean I'm I'm pretty fearless. I I uh, I just you know I, I like to get out there. I like to be with the people. Um, they they did uh, they did uh, uh, um, an interview, one of the interviews in particular was with Vice Magazine, and, and Vice is a very liberal publication. And they came to CPAC basically to belittle most of the people that were there. They did another article, there's a group called the Future Female Leaders, or Future Female Leader, and FFL, and so they, they have these amazing young women who are are very excited about the future and being a part of the political process and they're very like they're cute they 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 all wore the same kind of they have a skirt and a shirt that they wear and they all had on nude shoes and um because they were part of this group and this magazine came and like took pictures like took pictures of all their shoes acted all nice to these girls um, there were two little old ladies that were all dressed up in their red, white, and blue, you know, <laughs> hats and bling, and they took pictures of them, and they act act very, very nice to to them. And then they wrote an article slamming, slamming the girls, saying that, that you know, belittling, you know, <laughs> saying that, that, you know, how dare they wear new shoes. That was all this conference was about, um, saying that the two little old ladies who were so cute looked like clowns. And they, they did an article about me, too, and uh, it, it was, I'll just say it wasn't a complimentary article, uh, even sure. going so far as to, um, there was a, a photographer and, uh, um, and a reporter, and so they said, oh, let's take a picture over here. And so Mike was with me, he, and, I, and I had my purse, and I was like, oh, babe, will you hold my purse while I take the picture? Because we're in a public place. I didn't want to just throw my purse down. And um, she put in the article, she made him hold her purse. Okay. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it, you know, there, there was that to be fearful of, those, those kind of people who, um, who act as though they're there for one reason, but really they're there for something else, something completely different. Right. So that, that is something you have to be cautious of, not fearful, but just, you know, 
cautious. Have you ever noticed how when husbands hold their wives' purses, they hold it like it's some foreign, weird object? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it was funny. The other day, Cameron and Mike and I were together, and um, I, I said we were at a uh, a fundraiser for America's Mighty Warriors, and I had my purse. It's just a little purse. And I was like, oh, Cameron, hold this for one second. I got to do something. And and Mike took it and goes, no, the husband has to hold the purse, not the son. <laughs> <laughs> and Cameron did look relieved. He looked relieved. They, they don't. They don't want to make it look like they're comfortable with it. You know? That's right. Yes. Yes. So, anyway, well, let's talk about endorsements. You have some names here that I don't uh, recognize on the on the outline. Gomer, yes. Massey, and Bridenstine or Bridenstine. Yes. They are all sitting congressmen who came out and endorsed me in this last race. Uh, Louis Gomert uh, is from Texas. He's you've probably seen him uh, on on TV. Maybe he's he's pretty outspoken. He he wrote an entire op-ed about why John McCain was bad for the world, not just the country, but the world, because he's the the chair of the the House Intelligence Committee. Louis Gomert is, and um and and why Kelly Ward was needed in Washington. He and and so that was just amazing. Uh, nice. Thomas Massey is is a he's kind of a, a renegade young congressman, very libertarian leaning. Uh, doesn't you know doesn't even join the Freedom Caucus because he wants to make his own decisions based on how his people feel, not based on how a group, even if he agrees with them, what you know based on what they want him to do. You know, he's from Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. Okay, and. I think Bridenstine's from Oklahoma, but I'm not sure. And Bridenstine is a former former Navy pilot, just like John McCain, and he mm-hmm. too was willing to come out and say John McCain needs to go. He's you know his he was a, a military guy and and served, but but it's time for new blood. So it was um, those were really um, really great to be able to have some sitting members endorse me. Now, how do endorsements from Congress members or senators from states other than your own, how does mm-hmm. that, you know, I like I can understand, uh, like Gomert, for example, he wrote an article. How does that yes. help your, um, your opportunity to win in your state? You know, because they might not have a whole lot of recognition in. Right. Well, it just number one, it it lends credibility, especially to an insurgent effort. So, um, being able to get somebody who's in Congress to to recognize you and to endorse you goes a long way to um, to providing that credibility. And with these three, the, the you know the the reasons. I mean, Matthew Matthew wants more people who um, who want truly want small government and and want more of those liberty ideals to be in the Senate. And so his his being willing to push that to the point, and I've seen him since, and he said, oh, boy, I got in big trouble (laughs) over that endorsement. People weren't happy. You know, the swamp wasn't happy. The swamp doesn't like it whenever, um, you know, the people they want to be swamp creatures with them get out of line. And, um, but he, he, he was still laughing about it. It wasn't as though he he said, you know, uh, I'm gonna this is gonna cause me harm down the road. Um, so you know, and and Bridenstine, we we wanted him because number one, he he too wants you know he wants small government, 
but but his connection to the Navy and and really having the same job that John McCain had was also, you know, yeah, the same same job without the crashes was was pretty important as well. How did you end up getting an endorsement from Ron Paul? Now, there's a big, you know, national figure who's been on this yes. team for a long time. Yes, and that was really one of my most uh, dear, you know, endorsements, really, because Ron Paul, the Ron Paul movement, is is really a revolution in itself. Uh, he's he's a cellophysician, physician, and he uh, I, I met with him at there was something called LPAC, which is the Liberty Political Action Conference, and they since have have stopped having it or haven't had it for a while. I think as as not not last year, but uh, as Ron Paul got older, they you know there's less leadership in that area. But I met him and I got to have breakfast with him and his wife and a couple of other family members at that at that conference. And in a small, I mean, there were about probably a hundred people, but I was sitting at their table with them. And he got up to do his speech. And this is before I ever really considered being in the race got up, gave his talk, and said, there's a young lady sitting at my table, and I'm going to convince her to run against John McCain. What do you think? And all the people in the audience were like, woo, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, But uh, he really was the first one who kind of put that idea out there, out to the public, that that I was going to be the one that challenged John McCain. And um, you know, I just I have a lot of connections with with people who are close to him, and he was was happy to say that he thought I would get to Washington D.C. and carry that torch of liberty that he wasn't there to to carry any longer. And I, it really was a, um, a, a an endorsement that made me proud because he doesn't give out many endorsements. If if you've right. noticed, he, right. he, he less than less than twenty endorsements in his entire career in in politics. Right. Um, I, I'm not at all surprised that you're endorsed by the Tea Party Patriots who've been involved in their movement from the very beginning, going to the event at Searchlight and, and here in Nevada, right on uh, yeah. Harry Reid's uh, hometown turf. And uh, But how does that come about? Um, you, you know, that one you have to kind of work for because they've become really a political machine. Jenny Beth Martin is the head of Tea Party Patriots, but um, you, you kind of have to work at it. But I was glad that they were one of the conservative organizations that was willing to come out and endorse me. The same with the Con- Courageous Conservatives PAC. Um, they, they too came out and endorsed me. And uh, I, I think it should have been simple <laughs> for them. I, I think that they probably were able to raise money by saying that they endorsed me. And I hope that that, that did help them to become stronger because they, they also helped me to become a more credible, strong candidate. So the Gun Owners of America and National Association for Gun Rights, of course, you know, mm-hmm. Arizona is a, I don't want to say a gun state, but I mean, it's a, it's a strong Second Amendment state. Let's say. Yes, it's a strong, um, yeah, it definitely is, yes. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, I don't and think you can their, a political office without being... Yes pro-Second Amendment, you know. Yes, right. And Gun Owners of America was was one of the very first organizations that came out. Um, they were, you know, they, along with Alipac, which was is the American, oh, boy, what's Alipac stand for? Can somebody look it up? A-F- A-L-I. 
it's American something for it, it, legal immigration pack, I think. American okay. legal immigration pack. But we're gonna we're gonna look it up. But they they were two of the first entities that came out and supported me and endorsed me and A L I P A C. Um, they didn't they didn't care if there was political fallout from John McCain because they they know what their principles are. Oh, Americans for legal immigration. Okay. And, I'll look them up. and then the other the other ones and I didn't write I have them just written on the side were Phyllis Schlafly, who was the founder of Eagle Forum. She she endorsed me in my race against John McCain and I think I was the last endorsement that she made before she passed away. Uh she just passed away not too long ago. But she she is really the iron lady of conservatism. She she put her foot down. She wrote many books, and and you know her endorsement too within the conservative you know community is was was um, was just amazing because she didn't make that many endorsements either. Right, right, yeah. And then uh, you know then on right on and then the ones that really were powerful across the country were the endorsements of Mark Levin and Laura Ingram. Um, they mm-hmm. they too came out for me, and they they mentioned it on their radio shows, and that helped me to raise money and uh, and and awareness, and really went a long way to to making us as successful as we were in that insurgent effort against John McCain. Right, right. Well, yeah, because their radio show hosts had got that national platform yes. and everything. Yes. Right. Okay, yes, and yes. then last one we have here on the list is Courageous Conservatives. Yep, the con- Courageous Conservatives is, is another pack that's kind of like the Tea Party Patriots, but they're the and I had to do an interview with them and uh, before they would d- determine if they were going to support me, but they came out and they supported me. And you know those entities also put some money into the effort, um, not at our direction, but were were able to run Facebook ads and and. Um, different things that were designed to help us to be able to to have the power to win. Unfortunately, it just wasn't quite enough the last time. I'm hoping that we'll get some of those other conservative groups to join the ones who were fearless the last time so that we can be successful in 2018. So now will you have endorsements from all these groups, organizations, people, again, for your race? You know, I I certainly hope so. I, I have already been endorsed by... Uh, Alley Pack, which is the, legal, the Americans for Legal Immigration, as well as um, Gun Owners of America, and so you know now it's just another process of 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 asking and uh, telling them why it would be good for them to get involved. I, I think that that uh, the majority of them, and hopefully more, will be supportive of this go around. Right, and of course, yeah, like you say, you you'd like to pick up more of them, you know. Yes. So anyway, well, good, good, good. Well, Washington D.C. is like a busy, bustling place, and everything. Um, when you go there, you're, it seems like you're loaded with meetings and events and all kinds of things happening. Um, yes. Any closing thoughts on D.C. happenings? Uh, you know, I think I think everybody should come to Washington D.C. All Americans should try to come to Washington D.C sometime in their life. It definitely should be on a bucket list to to see our nation's capital, to to look at the beauty of 
of the architecture and the monuments that celebrate our, our founding and our history, good and bad. And and I've been really blessed to be able to do that a lot through my life. First, whenever I lived in West Virginia, many of our uh, our our field trips were, were over here because it was close by. But as an adult, um, being able to come and 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 see the 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 wonders of of Washington has been been really really um, really really a blessing, and you know it also gives you an opportunity to see what our lawmakers are doing, and because um, you can go in and you can watch them in session, not just what you get to see on the news, even on C-SPAN, but see it live in action, and I I think that's an important part of a trip to D.C. too. To kind of see it in action, yeah, yeah, that makes a yep. lot of sense. All right, good, good. Now you can head to McLean, Virginia, knowing <laughs> yes. you got wrapped up for the day. Um, exactly. Right. Any any yep. possibility of something tomorrow around the same time? Um, let me see, because tomorrow we start doing the radio row, and I'm not sure what time we start. Uh, well, I have a meeting at at nine tomorrow right now. Okay. And and okay. then ten, and so so it's going to be a little harder. But in the the afternoon, you give me a, a time. Little, I I I do here. have uh, tomorrow, but that's it. Um, how about around around? I'm trying to see. There's this Tucson thing. Ten thirty-eight. How about around eleven fifteen our time, my time? That would be eight fifteen my time. Let's put yeah. it in there. Okay, Doctor. K-E-L-L-I. Why is it doing that? I don't know. A-A-R-D, and I will make that for 815. 1-5, done, and save. Okay. You know why? Uh, the reason that I asked you to call the different um, call ID is because last night I made a mistake and set it up for 9 p.m. rather than 9 oh. a.m. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So That's okay. Anyway, I mean, it was like three minutes before, and you can't change it that close to the time. If you're going to oh, make any changes okay. to it, you have to do it yeah. at least 15 minutes beforehand. So at any rate, so I quick set it up on a different line. So, all right. Very good. Okay. We are all set up tomorrow morning at 11.15 Washington, D.C. time. And um, good, good. So have a wonderful day, and good luck in your meeting with your uh, former ambassador to Costa Rica. Yeah, it's going to be be great. What do you What do you want to get out of that? Besides, you know, having a conversation about immigration and everything, Ma- you want to get mainly that. Of course, I'm probably going to ask him for money. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll okay. hope, and maybe ask him for connections of other people that might be like-minded that I could get in touch with to support me in my efforts to get, get here. Okay. 
So you already know walking into this meeting that he's a conservative on the immigration issue. Yes. He's on the board of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, which is why we're here is that they're having, you know, an event for the next two days, Wednesday, Thursday, and doing a lot of radio and introducing our, we have something called the, the Vocal Coalition um, that, that corresponds with, with um, President Trump's voice endeavor. So vocal for us is victims of criminal aliens. And we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, be talking about what we're doing with that. We've got the guy who's heading it up in, in Arizona. His son was killed by an illegal alien. I think I told you we went to his court case. Yeah, yeah, you did. And, yeah, so, right. So we're going to, um, you know, be, be revving that up a little bit here this week as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Well, we are set All right. for today. I will talk to okay. you in the morning. Have Sounds a great, great day. Have a great day. Bye-bye, bye, Denise. Bye-bye.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.